Hey, welcome to the Victory Family Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Hey guys, how we doing on Serve Day weekend? Huh? How we doing? We're so glad that you are here today. I'm Pastor Chris. I'm your missions and outreach pastor. So glad you joined us today. Hey, we want to welcome our, our uh, campuses today. Newcastle. Hey, Newcastle, we love you. Meadville, we love you. Come on, give it up for Meadville. All our online visitors, we're so glad that you're joining us today. We'd love to have you here, but we're glad that you're joining us today. I want to take time and recognize and honor Pastor John and Michelle. Aren't they such great pastors? Come on, they do so much for us. I'm so thankful that they've given me this opportunity to be able to speak into your lives today. Hey, we just completed our Serve Day weekend, and you guys did such a great job for all those who participated. I want to thank you for making such a huge impact. I want to thank you, man. I'm so proud of you guys. Listen, we not only affected our communities that we live in, we affected this area in this region with the unconditional love of God. That's who we are. That's what we do. And I'm so thankful for you. Listen, on behalf of all the single moms that we helped, thank you. On behalf of all the elderly that we assisted, thank you. On behalf of all the veterans that we were able to serve, thank you. On behalf of our first responders all around us that we were able to serve and bless, thank you. And on behalf of all those less fortunate than you and I that we got to serve, thank you, thank you, thank you. You truly were the hands and the feet and the love of God, and you guys made such a huge impact. So grateful for you. Serving's fun, right? Come on, serving fun. We love serving our community. And here's the best part, guys, is you don't have to wait for another year to circle around to be able to do outreach and serve. We do serving outreach consistently 52 weeks out of the year here at Victory Family Church at all our campuses. 52 weeks out of the year, help your neighbor is helping those in need with food, clothing, and household goods. They're helping ministries that help those people. We'd love to have you join us. 52 weeks out of the year, Victory Group is helping people that are struggling with addictions and those people that are family and friends of people struggling. We'd love, it's one of my favorite areas of ministry here at the church. So if you want to find out all the greatest and the latest on outreach, go to myvfc.info slash outreach. You'll see it up there. Myvfc info slash outreach. You'll see all the latest. You'll see what we're up to. Join us, hook up with us. And as if that wasn't enough, we're doing short-term mission trips all over the world. Listen, we went to the Dominican. We went to Africa. We went to Iceland. We're getting ready to go to Romania. We're going to Mexico. We're going to the Sioux Indian Reservation out in South Dakota. And then we're going to Mexico again. And I'm lining up some great trips for 2023 for you and your entire family. You want to go on a short-term mission trip, don't you? Yeah, Pastor Chris, we do. It'll change your life. It'll rock your boat. And here's what I found out about people who go on mission trips. They don't just do one. They get so excited, they're so enthused about it, and it's just, just done something for them. There's something for you and your entire family. Get, take advantage of our short-term mission trips. Serving, guys, as a Christian, is a lifestyle, not a once-a-year event. Let me repeat that. Serving 
is a lifestyle, not just a once-a-year event. I want to share with you a few scriptures and how they may relate to outreach. You may have never thought of them as outreach-related verses, but I want to look at them very briefly, just look at them and how they may affect you and I and what we're called to do. The first is a familiar verse. You all know it. Most of the world has heard this or recognized this verse before. It's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh man, I'm so glad that God so loved me. How about you? I'm so glad that Jesus came. He died on a cross for my sins and my mistakes. I'm so glad that he set me free and he's preparing a place for me to live with him for eternity. Come on, man. Are you glad for your salvation? We have such a great salvation. I'm so thankful for it. But you know what? The word of God, every word is significant. Sometimes we read God's word and we just glance over words and we read them and we don't really give thought to them. But I want you to think about every word of God is significant. You know, it's one thing for me to say, hey, Jer, I love you. And I tell her that a couple times a day. But it gives a whole different meaning when I say, hey, Jer, I so love you. Come on now. You know what I mean, right? And God is saying to you and I, I so loved the world. He so loved you. He so loved you that he gave his highest. He gave his best in Jesus. And Jesus came here to forgive us of our sins, to heal us, and to set us free. Who wouldn't want Jesus? Who wouldn't want Jesus? I mean, he's for us. He loves us. He cares about us. You know, I, I can't understand why people, you're not giving up anything with Jesus. You're gaining everything with him. Amen? Come on, you remember your life before Jesus and then after? You're gaining everything with Jesus. And here's the best part about our Jesus. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's good news, guys. That's good news that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In this world where things are constantly changing, constantly varying, here's one who never changes. So what that means is, as Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed the enemy, healing the sick, forgiving sins, and setting people free. He was doing that when he walked the face of the earth. He's doing that today, and he'll be doing that tomorrow because what? He changes not. Come on now, that's good news, man. That's really good news. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we, that's our confidence. That's our assurance. That's our hope. He's our rock. He never changes. He never varies. He is rock solid. And I'm so glad of that. And he turns no one away. It doesn't matter what you've done or what, you know, who you've been with or who you didn't do it with or what you should have did and, but it didn't do. God turns no one away. He so loved the world and everyone in it. And here's what I want you to recognize in the word of God. When you see the world, the word world, it means those who are in opposition to God, those who oppose God, those who have rejected God, those who don't believe in him, those who aren't Christians. And the Bible says that God so loves those people. He so loves those who oppose him. He so loves those who have rejected them. 
Man, that's pretty crazy when you think about it. He so loves the sinner. Listen, he so loves those who've committed murder. He so loves the prostitute and the addicts and the lost. He so loves them that he gave his highest, he gave his best, so that it wouldn't have to remain that way. You know, the Bible says that you and I are to imitate him. We're to copy him. We're to reflect him. So what that would mean is, is that we are to love those who oppose us. We are to love those who are in opposition to us, that don't believe like we do. Come on, man. I know the flesh doesn't like to hear this. I didn't say it was easy, but we've been called to do that. And we can do that because he's called us to do that. You know, in this world, if there was ever a time that you and I are to reveal the unconditional love of God to everyone, we say that all the time here in this church, but man, there's so much opposition, so much strife, so much division, man. We, and if people don't agree the way we do, man, we're standoffish. You know, when people don't, they slam Christians, we stay away from them. The Bible's saying for you and I to do the opposite of that. It's saying for you and I to so love the world to give our highest, our best. Okay? God's not going to ask you to die on a cross for them. He's already done that through Jesus. He's not going to ask you to be beaten and, you know, we're believing it. We won't ever have to get to that degree. But what he's asking for us to do is to go reach that hurting, messed up world. And you and I can do that through the love of God. That's what we do. It's who we are as Christians. That's what we do. We're here to reveal the unconditional love of God to all people. That's the people that live next door to us, down the block, that go to the ball game, our kids' ball games, that work alongside us. We see in the grocery store, the checkout line. Come on, man. That's what we're here to do, is to reveal the unconditional love of God. I'm going to teach you today. I'm going to preach a little bit and tell you how you can do that. It's not hard. It's not very hard at all. I want to ask you, are you doing that? Are you loving the world that opposes you? Are you mingling with people that don't think like you, that don't come to this church? Come on, how will they know? How will they know? How will they be exposed? I want to share with you a story that will help us, I believe. It's found in two of the Gospels, Mark and Luke. I'm going to share from Mark chapter 2. And I'm just going to describe it. You can go home and read it. And I encourage you to read this, this illustration, this story in the Bible over this week and just see if it doesn't line up with what we're talking about. But I want to encourage you today, if you're not doing this, to do this. You know, when, when we read a story in the Bible, you know, the stories and illustrations in the Bible aren't meant just for Sunday school and for us to just read these stories and see all the great things that God's done. No. If you're, if you're thinking that, you're missing it. The Bible is meant for application for you and I. It's an instructional guide for you and I, how to live out being a Christian, what it looks like to do life. And so what you need to do and start doing, it's made such a difference in, in my life a long time ago, someone encouraged me, you need to insert yourself into the stories and you need to find your place in there and see where God wants to tweak us and just turn us or change us so that we can be more like him. So I want you to do that today in this story that we're talking about. 
Very familiar scripture. You've heard it if you've been exposed to church for any period of time. But I want you to think about it and how it affects you. And I want you to think about it in terms of outreach and what we've been called to do because it's what we do. It's who we are. Okay? So let me, let me just share the setting here. Jesus is going about. He's walking his earthly ministry. He's sent here to reveal God's will to you and I. And the Bible said he was going about doing good and healing all that were oppressed the enemy. He was forgiving sins. He was healing people. And he was setting them free. Now, we've already learned today, according to Hebrews 13, 8, that he changes not. So what should be our expectation today? That he's going to forgive sins, he's going to heal people, and he's going to set people free because he changes not. That's such good news, guys. You should be excited about that. Okay? We should be excited about that. So what happened was, is Jesus is doing this, and he comes back to his own hometown. And the Bible says he was holding this meeting. They said it was in this house. Some people say it was Jesus' house. It really doesn't matter whose house it was. The significance is what took place in this house and what happened. So Jesus is having this meeting, and because he's going around healing people, setting people free and forgiving sins, there's a crowd, man. The Bible says that the house was jam-packed. They were hanging out the windows, hanging out the doors. The house was full and they were circling the house. There was that many people. The Bible says that there was a guy in town who had been paralyzed since he was born. Mm. Paralyzed. Couldn't move. He hears about this Jesus meeting. He hears that there's a crowd or there's a buzz in town. I would liken it to maybe like Heinz Field on a big day. You know, the big game, you can't get in, there's a crowd everywhere, there's a buzz in town, Steelers are playing, whatever. This is much more significant than a Steeler game, but you know what I'm talking about, all right? He says, if I can get to this meeting, maybe Jesus will do that to me, maybe he'll heal me. But he's got a problem. He's got a dilemma. He's paralyzed. He can't get across town on his own. He needs help. And so I want to identify the players in this story, and I want you to find out your place and where you're at. So here's the players in this story that we're talking about in Mark chapter 2, and it's found in Luke also. The first one is Jesus. Well, let me help you. You're not Jesus. <laughs> All right, you're not Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. We want to endeavor to do like he would. But you're not Jesus, so that eliminates one of them, okay? The second set of players are the bystanders. These are the people that are always just like, what's going on, man? What's happening over there? Like, who is this guy? What's going on? And they're in every meeting. Let me help you. You don't want to be a bystander. I'm looking out at a bunch of doers, not bystanders. Listen, bystanders don't do anything but take up space. The Bible says that we are to apply the word of God and that we are to be doers of the Word of God. If you just listen to the Word of God, you just read the Word of God, it's really not going to have a whole lot of effect on you. We want you to do that. But the difference is, is being a doer of God's Word. I'm going to read it, I'm going to listen, and then I'm going to go do it. I'm going to apply it to my life. 
so you're not a bystander. The next group of people identified in this story are the Pharisees. Oh man, those religious people. And you know what? They're in every meeting. The Pharisees were known for critiquing Jesus on everything he preached. They were like criticizing him. They were always trying to find him and twist and turn things to to just trying to find fault with him. So let me help you. (laughs) I hope you're not a Pharisee. (laughs) And if you were a Pharisee or a bystander when you came into this meeting today or you're watching online, today is your last day of being a bystander or a Pharisee. Okay, we're going to be doers of God's word and we're going to be applying God's word in our life. The next player in this story is the paralyzed guy. Now, you may be identifying with the paralyzed guy. Listen, you may have been able to walk in here today, but you know what? You can be paralyzed with depression, anxiety, fear. You may be paralyzed by your finances. There's so many things that people are paralyzed by. But listen, I want to share some good news with you today. Because I'll tell you the ending of this story right now, and then we'll get into it a little bit more. This guy gets saved, healed, and delivered. And because Jesus doesn't change, what should be our expectation today if you're paralyzed? I'm going to get saved, healed, and delivered today in this meeting. Amen? The Bible also tells us, and we'll give you another little encouragement, that when the word of God is preached and taught, that there shall be signs, wonders, and miracles that accompany the preaching of God's word. Can I get an amen? Amen. Come on, man. Come on. I'm preaching today. (laughs) Whether you believe it or whether you accept it or not, Believe it, I'm preaching, I'm teaching, we should have an expectation that there's signs, wonders, and miracles taking place today. And if you are paralyzed with anything, if you're paralyzed, listen, if you're watching online, and I know there's some out there, I had a person that that contacted me from Arizona last night and said, man, I watched your message and it blessed me and encouraged me. Arizona, I don't even know how that happens. (laughs) But if you're paralyzed and you're watching online, today is your day. Today is the day of salvation because Jesus changeth not. Amen. So here's the setting. This guy has to get over to the meeting. Okay, we're picking the story back up here. The last set of players in this story are the four friends. The four friends are the four guys, his buddies, that took him from his place to the Jesus meeting. And I want to emphasize these four guys. This is who I want you to relate to today. This is who I want you to associate with, and I want you to insert you into this story. Because without these four guys, the paralyzed guy doesn't get to the meeting, right? Without the four guys, this guy isn't exposed to the Jesus meeting. He doesn't have an encounter with Jesus. Without the four friends, he may not get healed and delivered. We don't know. So, the four guys. So, let's, let's jump back into the story here. This guy calls up his first friend. This guy, you know, was just getting ready to sit down, watch the ball game. Big ball game on TV, you know. And he's got his chips and he's got his iced tea. He's all comfy and the phone rings. Hey, what's up, man? Dude, can you help me out? I got to get across town. There's a Jesus meeting. They're saying he's healing people. 
you know I need help, man. Can you help me? What's our first answer? Uh, is there anybody else can do it? Is anybody else helping? Because can't do it. One guy can't carry a cot with a dead weight person on it. But he says, all right, man. All right. I'll come over. I'll help. So he calls up his second friend. His second friend is just getting ready to sit down to dinner. His wife has laid out this spread. The kids are all there, and they're going to have dinner together. And the phone rings, and the kids are like, don't pick it up, Daddy, don't pick it up. That's for being a care pastor. That happens, you know, and it looks like you know the phone call is coming. So he picks up the phone. Hey, what are you doing, man? Well, I'm just getting ready to sit down to eat. He's like, can you help me out, man? Can you help a brother out? I need to get across town tonight. I got one of our buddies coming, man. Can you help us? Okay, he's got one end of the cot covered now. This guy said he'd come. He calls up his third buddy. You're inserting yourself in this story, right? The third guy has just finished a double shift. He just came home. He's, he's kind of sitting on the front porch just relaxing, man. The phone rings. He doesn't even want to pick it up. He picks it up. The guy's like, hey, man, so glad you picked up. What are you doing tonight? Dude, I just worked a double shift. I am beat, man. Can you help me out? I need to get across town. There's this Jesus meeting. They're saying he's healing people. All right, man, I guess so. If you can't find anybody else, calls up the fourth guy because you need one on each corner of the cot, right? Calls up the fourth guy. This guy has got a hot date with Susie Q. <laughs> and he's getting all prepped up, ready to go, and the phone rings. The phone rings, and the phone rings, and the phone rings, because there's no answering machines back in the day. <laughs> Finally, he's like, I'm picking up the stinking phone. He picks up the phone. Oh, man, I'm so glad you picked up. I need your help tonight, man. If you can help me get across town, this guy says, should I stay or should I go? <laughs> He says, man, I got this hot date, man, and it's like, you know, I was really planning on going, I, I guess, man, I guess I can do it. So he's got his four friends now. And here's what I want you to see, guys. You know, when we are helping people, when we're trying to uh, assist those in need, it's not always easy. It's not always convenient. It's not always convenient to get people to a Jesus meeting, and it's not always easy. But it's who we are. It's what we do. I bet you it wasn't easy, and I bet you it wasn't convenient for Jesus to go die on a cross for you and I. I bet you it wasn't easy, and I bet you it wasn't convenient for him to be beaten and bruised and rejected and spit upon. But he did that for you and me because he so loves us. You're not going to be asked to do that. We're asking about helping someone get to a Jesus meeting. That's what we're talking about tonight. So we pick up back up at the story. The four guys, this guy's dead weight. You know what it's like carrying somebody dead weight? It's like, you know, they're, they're not able to contribute at all. So they get him across town. They're carrying this guy. I mean, it's not easy. They put things aside. It's not convenient. They get to the, I want to share something with you here, you know, as being a care pastor, you know, I've had, on many occasions, I've had to miss meals or I've had to miss my kids' ball games. But here's what I want you to recognize, guys. Let me help you out here. You can always record the ball game, right? We can do that in this day and age. Uh, there's always going to be another meal, right? 
Come on. We're not going to die if we miss a little bit of sleep to go help someone in need. And as far as Susie Q goes, <laughs> I bet if Susie Q sees you going helping a brother in need and going that extra step, she'll even love you more. And if she don't, get yourself a new Susie Q. <laughs> All right, seriously. They get up to the meeting. They're about from here. They're a quarter mile away. They see the lights on. They see all these people around this house. There's a big buzz. And they're like the people hanging out the doors and the windows and things. And they're like, dude, look at this place. And I want you to think about how you and I might react. They're like, look at the crowd. We came all this way. There ain't no way we're getting in there. Maybe we should just turn around. Maybe we should just try to come back another day looking for an easy way out. Maybe one was saying, maybe I can go home and catch the rest of my meal with my dinner or with my family. Maybe I can catch up with Susie Q. Maybe I can go catch the last couple innings of the game. Now, if you're a Pirate fan, you don't really care about that. <laughs> we love you, Pirates. But these guys persevered. They took this guy up to the meeting, even though there was no way in. And God is looking for you and I. He's looking for people who will go the distance. He's looking for people that won't give up that give up mentality. He's looking for people who say, let's push through. We're this far, man. Let's get it. And listen, if you're not there, I want you to get there right here today, man. We're this far. We're in this church. We're in this meeting today. I'm getting mine. I'm getting whatever God has. I want it, and I'm not going to quit. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to go through. God likes that. I love people with a tenacity. I'm one of those guys that loves challenges. I want you to be able to, I'm, I'm challenging you to go for all that God has for you. So they get up to the building, up to the meeting, and there ain't no way in. There's no way in. People aren't letting them go in. They want to get in. And it's a couple circles around this house. There's no way into this house. And somebody gets the idea out of the floor. Let's get them up on the roof. Who does that? Come on, man. Think about Are you in this story? Who thinks, let's get them up on the roof? Well, I'll tell you who thinks that. People that think outside the box. Okay? People who think outside the box. I'm actually one of those people who thinks outside the box. Sometimes I can think way outside the box. And sometimes our ideas aren't so easily accepted. But I bet you this. I bet you that paralyzed guy was glad someone went the distance that day. I bet you that paralyzed guy was glad that someone thought outside the box and said, let's get him up on the roof. Amen? Sometimes you're going to have to think outside the box to get people into the Jesus meeting. Sometimes you're going to have to think outside the box. You're going to have to get creative. Listen, we, we say, oh, well, I invited them to church. They didn't come. Uh, okay. What are you going to do next? There's a lot of paralyzed people outside these four walls. What are we going to do to get them inside here to let Jesus do what he does? What's he do? He forgives sins. He heals people and he sets them free because he changes not. It's going to happen today. Are you looking for a way out? Or are you looking for a way to get people into the meeting? You know, and I'm not sure about this guy. They say they took him up on the roof. 
And it said that they poked a hole through the roof. I want you to think about that. Jesus is in there preaching. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near you. All of a sudden, there's some dust coming down over his head. It's like, whoa. People are looking like, man, Jesus is preaching up a storm here. All of a sudden, a couple rocks fall down. And then next thing you know, there's an opening in the ceiling, the roof. A guy pokes his head down through and says, yeah, Jesus is in here. The rest of the story goes that they opened up the roof enough to lower this guy on the cot. The guy gets saved, healed, and delivered, picks up his cot, walks out the front door, and the whole church, the whole meeting's praising God and thanking God. Yeah, because he changes not. I wonder if this is the guy that wrote the song. Ooh, I get by with a little help from my friends. Ooh, I get high with a... Now, listen. High up on the roof. I get up on the roof. I know what you were thinking. I wasn't thinking that. You were thinking that. Hey, come on now. It's all right to have fun church, right? That's why we're here. Have fun and, and do the thing here. All right? So my question to you today is, guys, who are you willing to bring to the Jesus meeting? Who are you willing to carry to Jesus? And what are you willing to do to get them there? All right? There's people all around us that are paralyzed, hurting, suffering, needy, sick, depressed, oppressed. What are you going to do to get them into the meeting? It's not that difficult. It's not that hard. In fact, I'm going to share something with you right now that, that has changed my world and it changed my life forever. A real brief portion of my testimony. I was saved at age 13, brought up in a Christian home. At 18, I moved out of the house because I wanted to race motorcycles and didn't want to have to go to church anymore. And I walked away from God for 20 years. Now listen to me. I was saved. I intentionally walked away from God. I didn't read my Bible. I didn't go to church and I didn't pray for 20 years. Wrong thing to do. Don't do that. I had a praying mom and grandmother, grandparents that prayed me back in the kingdom of God. My mom would constantly beg and plea with me, come to church, come to church, I need to come back to church, do it for me. Well, this one particular weekend, she pleaded and begged, and I just did it to kind of shut her up. And my parents went to Grace Church in Harmony, sits down there in the square, and it's got these long steps going up to the church building. It was all I could do was to muster up enough to get up those steps. And I get to the doors, and I open the doors. It didn't actually happen, but this is the way I perceived it. I perceived that everyone in the church turned around, and they were pointing their finger at me and sneering. Oh, you hypocrite. You hypocrite. You walked away from God. We saw you at the three Bs last night. We know what you're doing. You're a party person. You like the rock and roll. They were just all those things. And I, I thought about turning around and going right back out. My parents sat on the fourth pew in, from the front. <laughs> and my mom sees me, she says, oh, honey, come up here, come up here. I'm trying to go down the aisle. And I had so much condemnation, so much shame. I walked away from God. He didn't walk away from me. All of a sudden, out of the blue, this guy comes from the second row. He comes running out, runs up the aisle, shakes my hand, puts his arm around me. He says, hey, man, glad you're here today. Welcome to church. Anything you need, I'm here for you. Twenty years of shame and filth and garbage just peeled away. 
in that moment. He didn't preach a message. He didn't share a single scripture with me. He just loved on me. He shared the unconditional love of God. He applied it. He was a doer of the word. And I'm telling you, it's that easy, guys. It's that easy. You may say, well, Pastor Chris, I'm not a pastor. You don't have to be a pastor. You may say, Pastor Chris, I don't, I don't know how to preach or teach. I don't even know a whole lot of scriptures. You don't have to. Oh, we want you to learn the Bible. We want you to pray and learn the scriptures. But you know what? We're talking about revealing the unconditional love of God to all people. And that's just being friendly and loving on them. Amen? Can you do that? Yes, you can. The unconditional love of God is God. God is love. He just doesn't have love. The Bible says he is love. Jesus is love. And when you and I accept Jesus into our lives, Romans 5, 5 tells you, this is good news, that the love of God is now shed abroad in our hearts. It means it came into our hearts. That means you and I have the capacity, the capability to love just like Jesus. You and I have the capacity and the capability to love the world just like God does. You have to get into 1 Corinthians 13. I would advise you, I would encourage you for the next couple weeks of your devotion time, read 1 Corinthians 13. It'll tell you what love is. tells you what love does, how love should act. Get it down on the inside of you and then walk that out. Love does this because God does this. Love covers over a multitude of sins. No matter what you've done, no matter what you didn't do, where you've been or who you've been with, love covers over a multitude of sins. I'm a prime example. I can't tell you if that guy didn't come up and just welcome me that I would be here and I'm preaching to you today. It covers over a multitude of sins. Love of God cast out fear, guys. There's so much fear in this world, fear of not making tomorrow, fear of my job, fear of my kids, fear of my life, fear of blah, 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 womp, 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 womp. So sick of fear. We're, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Love cast out fear. And for all you Pharisees that say to me, Pastor Chris... It says the perfected love cast out fear. What well, doesn't get any more perfect than the love of God in you and I? Amen? Yeah. Hey, and then my favorite attribute about love is love never fails. God has set you and I up to be more than conquerors. He set us up to be triumphant and victorious in administering this unconditional love of God because love never fails. Quit backing off. Quit retreating and say, I'm going to distance. I'm going after that neighbor. I'm going to continue to love that coworker. I'm going to continue to love that crazy guy at the ball games. I'm going to continue to go after them. And I'm going to think outside the box in ways to get them to come into the meeting. That's all I got to do because our Jesus never changes. You don't have to save them. You don't have to heal them. That's his responsibility. Your job is to pick up the cot and get them in here. Amen? Amen? Somebody, please. <laughs> I like participation. So, how you can do this? The application is love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. 
Love the world and lead them to Jesus. Bring them to church. And you may say, and I know this to be true, there are many people that won't come into a church building. So this is the part of thinking outside the box. Get them to do an outreach with you. You know, I know this to be true. God has wired every person, sinner, saved, unsaved, to want to do something with their life, to make some kind of impact, to do something to make a difference. Get them to join up with you in an outreach and let them see that Christians are cool and Christians can have fun. So many people outside these four walls think that Christianity and church is stuffy and it's boring and it's not fun. We're not here at Victory, right? Come on, man. Come on, church should be fun. We're going to do it. It should be fun. Because it is fun. All right? So I'm going to end with this. And this is going to be a friendly reminder to you that you won't forget. Believe me, you won't forget this. (laughs) This is to encourage you. All right? This is to remind you that you can do this. You can walk in this unconditional love of God. I'm known here as the singing pastor. I have a tune for everything. You've already experienced it today. (laughs) But all you have to do is ask Jer or my kids. I got a song for everything. And so I just thought it appropriate to to end today's meeting with a Beatles medley. Yeah. I don't know if John, George, Paul, and Ringo were saved. I don't know if they ever got to a Jesus meeting. I sure hope they did. But I know they sang a lot about love. And so I just thought it appropriate. You can feel free to join in with me if you want. But this will be a reminder of today's message for you. <laughs> All they need is love. Dun, 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 dun. All they need is love. All together now. <laughs> All they need is love. Love. Love is all they need. He loves them, yeah, yeah, yeah. We love them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, love them too. Just like he loves you. And please love them too. Whoa, love them too. Hey. Are we having fun in church today? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Don't you ever believe the lie again that no one loves you. Listen, you might be sitting there on the couch in your home and saying, no one loves me. No one cares about me. Listen, don't ever believe that lie. For God so loves you. Jesus so loves you that he gave his life. Victory Family Church loves you. Pastor Chris loves you. Don't you ever believe that lie. And with the love of God, there isn't anything that you can't do. You reach out to your neighbors. You reach out to the lost. You reach out to your friends and coworkers. You get them in the meeting. Let God do what he needs to do. And then we'll see great things happen. I want everybody to close their eyes, bow their heads. On all our campuses and you watching online, this is why we do church right now for this meeting. This is why we built this church This is why we plan all week long for this opportunity right now to let everyone be able to experience that unconditional love of God. And what that entails is, is forgiving you of your sins and mistakes, giving you a new start, a new beginning. It's able to heal your body and deliver you and set you free. That's why we do church for this moment right now. All right. So if you've never made the decision 
to ask Jesus in that unconditional love of God into your life to help you and assist you, why would you put that off? Why would you put that? You never put off till tomorrow what you can do today, guys. Never do that. We're talking about the most important decision that you and I will ever make. And it's as easy as just saying, yeah, I want that. I want that Jesus. Like that paralyzed guy said, get me to that meeting. I want you to have that same mindset. I want it. I want whatever he's given. You're not giving anything up. You're gaining everything in eternal life. So I want to ask you, if you've never asked Jesus to come in your life, if you've never asked him to, to come and be a part of your life, or you're not sure that you ever had, I want to pray with you. And no one's going to single you out. No one's going to embarrass you. No one's going to ask you to come forward. We just want to pray with you because you are that important to us and because we love you that much. We don't want you going out of this place the same way you came in. All right? So I'm going to ask you to do something very simple. There's no one looking around. There's no one. This is just between you and God. And I know this about the Holy Spirit. He's prompting you right now. So if you'd like to receive the gift of Jesus or you're not sure you ever have, I want you to raise up your hand real quick and put it right back down and I can pray for you. Yep, I see him. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. You online, you can raise your hand. I can't see you, but the Lord does. We're going to all say a prayer together. If you didn't raise your hand or you should have, you could still pray this prayer. Amen. Repeat after me and we're all going to say it together because we love you and we're for you and we care about you. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for bringing me to this meeting. Thank you for all you've done for me. I believe that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins and my mistakes. And today, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins, to forgive me of my mistakes, to give me a new start, a new beginning. Help me, Jesus. Thank you for assisting me and helping me to be a Christian for you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, come on, man, let's celebrate. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Victory Family Church. If you enjoyed listening, please take a moment to rate, review, and share. For more resources, including locations and service times, please visit lifeatvictory.com.